Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Who needs to get a win more between these two teams? I'm going to say the Broncos uh, for Sean Payton. If they don't find a way to lose this game, that could really interrupt this leadership change that they're trying to do within that locker room. I'll say the Jets need this win more because now people can look not sideways at Zach Wilson and crush him in the media. If that's what he's going to look like, then we feel a lot better. Hey, Nathaniel Hackett, it took you four games. You finally got him on the way he does best. Say it with the chest, right? You talked about my mama, man. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us in the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80, and also on TuneIn, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We've let it be out there in terms of most disappointing teams in the NFL so far this season. You've been great, so keep calling in a Dr. Pepper call-in line. Join that conversation. Most disappointing NFL team so far this year, Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to bring on a very disappointed Giants fan. Known as Shannon Penn, who has not had the best of weeks. He had the col- The best thing for Shannon so far this week has been his colonoscopy on Tuesday. Because Monday night, eh, didn't happen for him. Evan Neal apologizing not once, not twice, but maybe even three times about calling out the fans and going out to the hot dog and hamburger flippers and everything like that. So if anybody can use a win, it is Shannon Penn. So he will not lose this game We're about to play. How do you fix this team when it comes to disappointing teams in the NFL, so Shannon Penn, the floor is yours. All right, first and foremost, Devin, hit the music for me. Thank you. Oh, we got safe um, space? A special safe space today. Have at it. It's been a tough week for me. First of all, I want you to know, Chad, that I am human. And, <laughs> <laughs> and as much I, I, I'll say this, and I'm being honest, as much as I love doing the show, I'm so glad we didn't have a show on Tuesday. We were preempted for oh Major League Baseball. God. Ditto. I am so, <laughs> so happy. That would have been the saddest Freddie and Harry show ever. I think I texted Devin during the, during the Giants blowout Monday night. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, I'm glad we don't have a show tomorrow. Because we would have never heard the end of it from Harry one Harry Douglas. Harry would have led you to have it. And speaking of Harry today, he still might bring it up tomorrow. When he's going to join us tomorrow. He's going to be down in Dallas for the Red River rivalry. Uh-huh. So we're going to have Harry tomorrow. He's probably still going to let us have it. But yeah. I'm, I'm hurt. Okay. I'm hurt. <laughs> Pause. Detect the tear in your eye. <laughs> all right. With that said, let's open it up to some other teams. All right. We've been asking, <laughs> we've been asking all show long, which teams have been the dis- biggest disappointments so far this season. We want right. you continue to weigh on that. 888-729-3776. I like that you're you know fighting through the pain. I I'm think trying, that's, man. That, that, I'm that, trying. Tough it out. Tough it out. That's tough. noble. So, Very noble. so with that being said, what I want to do right now because we got a list of some of the teams that have been said today. Okay. I'm going to give you an NFL team, and you got to tell me how to fix it. All right. All right. How to make it make right. All right. Okay. All right, Chad, I will start with you. How do you fix the Chicago Bears this season? This season? This season? Oh, man. So I, I, don't, I don't get to go and get a quarterback in the draft. I got to fix them this year. Yeah. 
Uh, wow. I, I think we make I mean, Couldn't that be the to... answer for most of these teams? Go get a quarterback in the draft? <laughs> yes, Not yes. named Bengals? Yes. That, that's, that's the fairest thing for most of these teams, yes. But <laughs> for the Chicago Bears this season, you've got to run the ball better. You've got to take advantage of your quarterback's legs. Um, you've got to get him out of the pocket, as they did in the first half against the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos' defense is bad. But they certainly had their best success with Justin Fields doing that style of offense. So find a way to replicate what you did in that first half against the Broncos. And then stay out of your own way, Everflus. Don't do dumb things from a coaching perspective. Do the smart, prudent football things. Be even a touch conservative. I think your fans would be happy if you had a three-point loss rather than going for a 14-point win. This is how I fix the bridge. you got to simplify everything. Whatever to Chad's point, whatever they do best on both sides of the football, find that and stay with that because teams that know exactly what they are. I look at the Chicago Bears, I don't even know who they are. You can look at any team that's successful in the NFL, you can look at them and say, that's their identity. I look at the 49ers, I know what I'm going to get. I look at the Cowboys, I know what I'm going to get. I look at the Chiefs, I know what I'm going to get. I look at the Bears, and I don't know what the hell I'm going to get. I, I asked for pizza, and then they gave me a John Bowley. With the Chicago Bears, simplify everything. What your team does best on both sides of the football, find it and hammer it and keep things simple for your players. All right, Freddie, how do you fix the New York Giants? The best way to fix New York Giants is get Saquon Barkley healthy, period. Whenever he's healthy, that's how you fix the New York Giants because he didn't just help the quarterback last year. He helped your defense last year. Your defense did not have to play as many snaps. That's how good he was in the passing and the running game. That's the best way to fix the Giants on both sides of the football. Make sure that right ankle is 100% ready for a full tilt boogie when it comes to Saquon Barkley. That's the easiest way to fix the New York Giants. You might have to find a way to get Tyrod Taylor on the field and Daniel Jones off the field to improve <laughs> this Giants offense. That's how bad they are. Uh, Daniel Jones was awful. Uh, part of that was the offensive line, but Daniel Jones certainly held the ball too long in a number of instances of those double-digit sack numbers. About half were on him, half were on the offensive line. Curly, Brian Dillboy was incredibly frustrated with his quarterback. Uh, so maybe give Tyrod Taylor a, a shot, but Freddie's absolutely right. This season and the possibility of being average this season rests upon Saquon Barkley's shoulders and the health of his lower body. And if they can get him healthy, ride that thing. Ride that thing is the only way for them to have some success this year. All right, I'm actually going to ask a follow-up as a Giant fan, Chad. Because here's what I don't, I don't understand about the Giants. Looking back to Monday, right? Like we, knew they could, we knew Daniel Jones <laughs> couldn't hold on to the ball long because of the offensive line. So it looked like Seattle knew that, and the Giants were just throwing out to the flats. Why weren't the Giants – attacking the middle of the field like I get it they can't run any deep routes because you don't have the time why not attack the middle of the field uh there's a guy who's going to be wearing a gold jacket five years after his career playing in the middle of that defense for Seattle Bobby Wagner (laughs) yeah he's pretty good he plays with tremendous range and trust me he's seen a lot more football than Daniel Jones has played and can out execute Daniel Jones in those situations so I actually in this case I think that was a decently smart move by Brian Dabo and his offensive staff don't test it in the middle of the field Bobby Wagner's too good don't test him now thanks Chad that was therapeutic I appreciate it that was my You're safe liar liar <laughs> liar if that made you feel better wow it's really a lost season for you and your giant Shannon I just need to know why that's all I just need to understand what I'm looking at because what I've what I've seen hasn't been pretty all right Chad moving on to the next team on this list Chad how do you fix the Cincinnati Bengals Ooh, man. Now, unlike all these other teams on on this list that we're running down here, the Bengals actually have a quarterback. They got Joe Cool. They got Joe Burrow. So they got one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, they've been competitive in two games. They've been blown out in, in two games. They've got some issues defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some issues up front in their offensive line. And Joe Burrow's definitely not healthy. So uh, for the Bengals, it, it, if it takes another week or two for Joe Burrow to be on the sideline and to get up to full health, that's probably the best way for them to move forward. Uh, otherwise, a limited Joe Burrow with a poor offensive line and an yeah. underperforming defense, that's a recipe for disaster. It, they say the calf strain has gotten better, but what is your what is your soul, what does your spirit tell you about maybe sitting Joe Burrow for a week or two to get that calf right and so he can be as right as rain the rest of the season, Chad? Uh, I, I would think that would have to be the case. You know, when the owner of the of the franchise comes and picks up Joe Burrow during stretch and they have a conversation on the golf cart away from everybody else, mm-hmm. uh, I would have to think that conversation would be pointed in that kind of direction. Right. I know what you want, Joe Burrow, but I also have been around football long enough to know that while this season may, off to, may not be a, to a great start, the best way for us to have any success is to get you 100% healthy. And it takes another week or two. We are willing to give you that. Don't put any more pressure on yourself than you need to, young John Burrow. We will find a way to soldier on without you, but we need you 100% healthy when you hit the field for us. To me, the best way to fix the Cincinnati Bengals, you can't have a team in 21st century NFL only rushing for 70 yards a game. They only have 70 yards per game rushing. I've seen guys get that more than a quarter. Brees Hall had it on one run opening night for the Jets, 83 yards. If you're going to help out Joe Burrow in that calf strain, you got a guy, Joe Mixon, averaging over four yards per carry. How about giving the ball just a little bit more? He's barely averaging 13 carries per game. I think he can stand the strain of toting the rock about 20, 21 times to help out your quarterback and help out your defense. If you're going to flip this around, Cincinnati, and not further, fall further and further, give Mojo Mix the ball just a little bit more to help out your running back and help out that defense. We tried to fix these most disappointing teams so far in the NFL. Great stuff by Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Once again, here's our Mr. Fix-It boss, Shannon Penn. All right, Freddie, how do you fix the Denver Broncos? Tell Sean Payton to shut up. No, that's not it. No, I, I think we're, fat, we're past that point. Uh, here's how you fix the Denver Broncos. Stop blaming everybody and just go out there and make sure that everybody can do their jobs better. That's what I've heard a lot. Things weren't going right early. It was Russell Wilson's fault. Things not going right lately. It's the defense's fault. Or wide receivers can't get open. Hey, Sean Payton, they're paying you $25 million a year to solve these problems. So that's how you fix the Denver Broncos. Stop having everybody point fingers at each other or having these guys, well, it's his fault. Well, how, what are you doing? If you can stop that, you got enough talent that you can do some things. Maybe not to make the playoffs, but be a lot better than you've been so far. Stop playing the blame game. Just go out there and do it and do your job and have done with it in Denver. I got to go with let the young guys eat. Let them play. Marvin Mims has been explosive on offense. He's been explosive on special teams for the Denver Broncos. Yet he, there's some games this year he's only had one catch. So uh, I know Cortland Sutton has experience. I know Jerry Judy was a first-round draft pick. But go with the guys, regardless of draft status, that help you win football games. So Javante Williams nicked up, a little bit of a disappointment in the backfield, not coming back from that ACL injury last year, quite full speed. So get Jaleel McLaughlin more touches. He's the most explosive player 
outside of Marvin Mims on the Broncos offense. So go with the young guys. Uh, the Broncos are guilty, I think, what every NFL team does. You over-evaluate your, over, your, your older guys, and you think they are better than what they are. Right. These young guys have come in and showed they are more explosive. They can help the Broncos faster if they play more often. If you're Sean Payton, you are not beholden to any of these guys these older players, you didn't draft any of them. Go with the young guys. Move this thing forward as quickly as possible. All right, Chad, a couple more teams here. How do you fix the New York Jets? Uh, the Jets are just a quarterback away. I don't think the Jets necessarily need fixing. They just need Aaron Rodgers to be healthy or Zach Wilson to to play better. So for Nathaniel Hackett, he's got his work cut out for him. You've worked with Aaron Rodgers and turned him into one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, although he was pretty good before Nathaniel Hackett got to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year experience with Russell Wilson, you clearly you guys were on the same page. Find a way to get – Zach Wilson to an average competent level. That's going to be good enough for this Jets team. They've got skill in the backfield. They've got skill at the wide receiver position. They've got the Williams brothers in that front seven on defense. They've got Sauce Gardner back there in the secondary. They have enough pieces where if you just get average quarterback play, this team could possibly even be a playoff team in that division. Yeah, what he said. Let's move on. (laughs) Exactly. All right, right, Freddie, last team on the list of um, uh, fix it, the New England Patriots. The way you fix the Patriots, you got to wait for the offseason. That's the only way. Because you got a quarterback in Mac Jones that they kept telling us that they believed in him and they couldn't believe he fell to them. But I thought Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, NFL, Allen's on Get Up said the best. It's not that Mac Jones is feeling. Since they've drafted Mac Jones, give me one move that they've made that has been unquestionable that's going to make Mac Jones better. Outside of Bill O'Brien this year, yeah. one move. There, there hasn't been like this really big offensive line signing that's going to make them that much better. There hasn't been a, been a perimeter player. You go, there we go. That's going to help. Obviously, last year was a complete disaster. Try to tell everyone about that. So we're asking this third-year quarterback who's got his third offensive coordinator in three years who had a defensive disaster as his play caller last year to go, take the jump. In modern football, if you don't have dudes in the outside that can be playmakers, you're going to be the Patriots in 2023. Everybody in their division has a difference maker. You can bang on Zach Wilson all you want, but he's got Garrett Wilson. He's got Brees Hall. The Miami Dolphins got a 4 by 100 relay team with their quarterback, Tua Tungabailoa. Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and they drafted Dalton Kincaid. Everybody in that division has playmakers. The only way you fix the page in 2023, be better in 2024 in the offseason, whether it's the draft or free agency. Because you still believe in Mac Jones, then you can't have – Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne as your best wide receivers. Those are number three guys at best, and they're number one guys. That's how you fix the Patriots. This one hurts me the most. Uh, I, I have so much respect for Bill Belichick. I, I played 12 years in the NFL before I went to the Patriots, and I thought I learned more about football in year 13 than I had learned in the 12 years before that, uh, about winning football, all the little details and nuances that make you special. Mm-hmm. And now it's it just feels as if there was a, a sham to all that, and it was all about Tom Brady and not about the excellence of Bill Belichick and his staff full of what I thought were the best teachers I'd ever been around in the game of football. Right. And now that Tom Brady's not there, the shine is 
come off of Bill Belichick. It's come off his system. It's come off his style. And it exposes some of the personnel issues that were overcome by guys like Tom Brady when they had their Super Bowl runs there. Uh, and with Bill Belichick as the primary personnel person, he leaves a lot to be desired for his draft picks and his free agent moves. And this team, as you just pointed out, Freddie, is lacking an explosive playmaker, and that is falls firmly on Bill Belichick's shoulders. Maybe the best coaching job of the page all these years was Tom Brady coming to those multitude of sins. <laughs> those missing, yeah, those missing yes. free agency with the draft. But when you had old number twelve back there, you could miss on guys because he always had your six when it came to Bill Belichick and the talent evaluators with the Patriots. Great stuff by Chad Brown. Hit him on social media at Chad Brown ninety four. I am Freddie Coleman. Thanks for hitting me up on social media. Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. We want to hear from you right now. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We know it's week five. That doesn't mean that disappointments are going to go away no matter how the season goes along. Which team has been the biggest disappointment so far in the NFL? Rod in the great city of Cincinnati. Rod, who's that team and why? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Um, the Bears. We just talked about them. Um, here's, I'll keep it short and sweet. There's three things to watch in tonight's game that will prove this point. People, process, and product. The McCaskey family has notoriously mismanaged people and culture, which is why that organization is in a full shambles. The product we watch every week, day in, day out, even in practice, is like what was just said, no identity. We used to be the monsters. Now we're not anything, right? That's, that's horrible. How do you get there? And then from a process standpoint, clean slate. Eberflus has got to go. you got to just burn, scorch the earth. Justin, send him to Atlanta. Let him have a career. <laughs> let uh, whoever the backup is that did well in preseason, let him go. But, man, we thought 8-8 eight and eight was going to be a good season for Bears fans this year. I just hope we don't hold the worst statistical records for all of NFL by the end of this year. Rod's got some, some great points. He when does. you've lost 14 in a row, yeah. uh, the, the thought that somehow you can – make a couple of moves and, and, and get yourself back uh, upright uh, doesn't seem possible. It looks like you've got to tear this thing down to the studs mm-hmm. and start all over again. Um, so the culture needs to be rebuilt. The roster needs to be rebuilt. An overall cohesive plan needs to be coming down from, from management. I was lucky enough to, as I mentioned, play for the, the New England Patriots. Mr. Kirk, Mr. Kraft has a plan. Robert Kraft has a plan, a style in which he executes his ownership that trickles down to the coaches, that goes down to the locker room. In Pittsburgh, the Rooney family, the ownership there, mm-hmm. has a style and an expectation that trickles down to the personnel department, to the coach department, and also down to the locker room. Right. Uh, the ownership in Chicago needs to look at their plan, what they can do to get this thing going in, right, in the right direction, and then allow those people who they hire to be uh, successful in that by giving them enough space and enough resources to do that. But a restart is definitely necessary for this. It's like playing Madden. Yeah. Things ain't going well, man. You got to hit that reset, reset button. They've got to do that for the Bears. Great stuff, my friend. Sean in Minnesota, who's been the biggest disappointment in the NFL so far this year and why? Oh, that one's easy. The defending Central Division champion Minnesota Vikings. Were it not for the turnovers, we could be 4-0 right now. We've got the best wide receiver in the game. We've got a decent quarterback. He went old school, like NFC Central. 
Not MC North, Chad. He went old school to the black and blue division <laughs> of Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay, and Detroit. But we should have expected this, in my opinion, when it comes to Minnesota. There's no way in back-to-back years you can have that kind of success they had in one-score games. They were 11-0 and in one-score games last year. They're 1-3 this year. Those things never happened in parallel years in the National Football League. I'm not going to say they were lucky. Winning 13 games in the NFL, winning a division, that takes something. But if anybody expected them to go and have that kind of mark in one-score games, I think they were fooling themselves in Minnesota. People always get upset with me when I'm uh, you know, on this, shows like this or other shows, and I you know, say, well, that's not a path to long-term success. That is not something that can be replicated week in and week out. And why, to your point, you may be able to get on a, a hot streak or even term it a different way, a lucky streak yeah. last year with all those one-score game victories. At some point, the odds start to even out. And if Absolutely. you allow – Every game to come down to the fourth quarter in the last possession or two, at some point, the other two, the other team, they're going to have the gun, and yeah. you're going to be the rabbit. And we all know that. it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. I love that. <laughs> Let the truth be told as far as that goes. Can you imagine they had that part of like a hunting space? You know what, guys? Thanks for joining the hunting um, expedition we got here. By the way, give us your guns. We're going to let the animal have it. See how you do with that. <laughs> I would love to see something like that. Maybe that's just me. Steven San Francisco, which team has been the biggest disappointment in the NFL this year and why? Well, it looks like to me, fellas, thanks for the call. Um, it looks like the Denver Broncos. They start off the year with an onside kick, as you remember. Yep. They got two prima donnas there. The coaches, he, he already lost. The, they threw the towel on the game. But the close second is the Raiders. I mean, you got McDaniel there. He's trying to out-curmudgeon uh, Bill Belichick. <laughs> Down by eight, he kicks a field goal. Really? Make it five. What does he want to get? A safety and another field goal? What is this guy doing over there? I'll curb budget. Fantastic. That's all I got to say, Chad. I'm, I'm, I'm with Steve. <laughs> I am too. with Steve. Uh, uh, we've already talked about the Broncos, enough, but to go to the Raiders, mm-hmm. Hurricane Josh, everywhere he goes, there's just a, uh-huh. a swirl of negativity and bad comments and bad team building and, and things you would expect him to know better. It's just mm-hmm. frustrating because I was in New England with Josh, and I thought Bill Belichick had groomed him well. He had been on the defensive side of the ball. He had been on the offensive side of the ball. He had worked in the personnel department. Yeah. So I thought, oh, this is a guy who's going to become a head coach of the Broncos years ago mm-hmm. and become a great scout of personnel. Right. He's going to understand how defenses are going to attack him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, be able to execute because he's got a great offensive mind. And he's been none of those things at any of his stops here. And it's uh, I think he has worn out his – faith that I once had in him. Yeah. And at this point, you are what your record says you are, man. Mm-hmm. You are a below average head coach, head coach who brings controversy and poor player relations everywhere you go. You know who he is? He's Charlie Wise 2.0. Ah. Oh. And that that's not a compliment last time no, I checked. Oh, God, no, that's definitely not a compliment. Whatever you think the opposite of compliment is, that's what I mean about <laughs> Charlie Watson, Josh McDaniels being head coaches. You can be the son of the hoodie. Doesn't mean you're going to be the hoodie when it comes to both of those dudes that have not had success like people thought they were going to have after leaving Bill Belichick. Great stuff by Chad Brown. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Like Chad Brown, we're going to talk to a former NFL player and can't wait to get his thoughts on Dak Prescott trying to do a little something like this. Yes! Yes! I have exercised the demon. When it comes to playing the 49ers on Sunday, 
This is ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to do that wobble, baby, wobble, baby, wobble, baby, and play ESPN Radio. Always good to talk NFL. We get NFL action tonight. Washington Commanders kick off the weekend against the Chicago Bears. Nobody does it better, in my opinion, Marcus Spears. ESPN NFL answers a great job on NFL Live. Get up, first day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hit him on social media at mspears96. Enough of that. Carrie Spears, number one volleyball player in the 2025 class, on her way to Texas. Six foot four outside hitter. Her daddy is Marcus Spears, former first round pick of the Cowboys. Her mama, top 10 WNBA pick when it comes to Alicia Spears. Marcus Spears, the floor is yours to talk about Carrie going to TEXAS to play volleyball. I sure appreciate y'all letting me gloat a little bit, man. You know they say it's they say it's arrogant to brag on yourself, but when you got kids, you don't give a damn. <laughs> I am so so excited, man. I mean, first as a father, she'll be close to home, right? So yep. I live in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, so she is only a two hour and forty minute drive to see her. And then too, man, like the hard work paying off for her getting this opportunity to go to Texas. I'm just crazy proud of her, man. Like, and, and as a parent. All you want is for your kids to create opportunities for themselves Amen. and uh, accomplish them and set out goals and, and, and get them done. And you just be supportive as you possibly can to see her, you know, obviously have a full ride offer from Texas in volleyball to see her ascend to being the number one player for where she is right now in her class and also have an opportunity, man, to go get not only a free education at a great institution, but life after school is very good for Texas alumni. So, I'm um, I'm just excited. My wife and I, man, my wife really deserves the credit, bro. She put her in volleyball. I knew nothing about it. Wow. Um, and as over the years have, have gone, I've grown to not only love the sport, 
but to love watching her play and, and to be able to go to college. And the other thing, Freddie, let's be honest, I don't have to pay tuition for at least one of them. Okay? So that's another big deal. Too. Somehow I think the NFL pension would have solved that problem. Yeah, it'd be all right. It'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I, I want to – but. I heard you just praising your daughter there, and certainly she put the work in on the court. But as a former volleyball dad myself, uh, I know oh, about those tournaments. And the tournament, it ain't never 30 minutes away. It's three hours away or five hours yes, away sir. in some remote part of the state or you're traveling out of the state. So it is a full family commitment to be a volleyball family. So tip of the cap to you and, and your wife to making sure she had all the uh, – uh, uh, travel possibilities taken care of by mom yeah. and dad. Chad, I appreciate it, man. You very you definitely understand the 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 tournaments all over the country. Uh she was in USA volleyball when she was fourteen, so that was all over the over the country and all over the place. Uh it's been phenomenal, man, watching her, but it has cost a lot of money and a lot of time. <laughs> but, but now the time has been worth it, seeing that kind of value. Yeah. She's been able to bring the Texas volleyball. Carrie Spears, the number one ranked volleyball player going to Texas in 2025. Her daddy, Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie Harry on ESPN Radio. That's great, fantastic. I love what we had to say about her. Now we got to switch to the other side of that. The bad news. Yeah, not yeah. with her. I'm talking the NFL. We've had calls all day long about teams or teams that have been the most disappointing so far in the NFL this year. In your opinion, Big Dog, who's been the most disappointing NFL team so far and why? Man, let me – so first it could be Cincinnati, but we know what Joe Burrow is dealing with with the expectations that that team had in the AFC. We know, you know, an injured quarterback that can't really do what he fully can do is a is, – it's an excuse, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, lose your quarterback, you ain't good. He is he is on one leg out there. Um, I, the Giants could be a disappointment, but we still didn't really know what Daniel Jones was. Um, right. Even though he put together that season, a lot of that was attributed to, obviously, Saquon and, and what he was able to do. It's the Minnesota Vikings for me, man. Um, this team last year won close games, and they got into the playoffs and got destroyed. This year they start one and three. Um Kirk Cousins is a, a a good quarterback in this league. It just seems that in, in critical situations they either can't come through or he gives the football away. It was it was looking up obviously because you had arguably the best wide receiver. They traded and got T.J. Hawkinson. This this offense is not terrible. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is none of that has lent itself to winning um, anything major. Like last year, we applauded this team for being, you know, obviously in all of those close games and winning them. And there's something to be said about that. But now you start the season out one and three with a team coming back that you had a lot of hopes for. Brian Flores came over as the defense coordinator. We expected that side of the ball to be better. And and something, it's like something is missing, man. Like, I don't know what it is with Minnesota. The Jekyll and Hyde this year, they starting off as obviously – they 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 just can't get it together. So it's been disappointing, especially in a division where all offseason they heard everybody talk about the Detroit Lions and this ascension that the Lions were going to make. I thought this team would come out with their hair on fire, ready to prove that we still going to run this division and be the team to beat. And it's just been a disappointing, disappointing um, start to the season for me when it comes to Minnesota. 
All right, Marcus, we're talking about disappointing teams. Certainly the New York Giants at 1-3, and three, they are disappointed. Uh-oh. And they are oh, frustrated <laughs> as well, as evidenced by Evan Neal's comments, calling fans sheep and hot dog and hamburger flippers. Yeah. Uh, man, ain't much to gain when you're shooting shots at the fans. What's your thoughts on all that? Nah, man, it's, it's a bad situation for a young player that's probably going through the most scrutiny he's ever been going through in his life. So I'm going to give him some grace for that. The grace that he's not going to get is that now all the fans know that the line, the phone lines are open. Yeah. And you are listening and watching to what we are saying, and, and not only us, but the media. And you feel like you need to defend that by talking. You defend that by how you play. And, you know, if I could ever give advice to young players, man, I played in Dallas. I was highly scrutinized in Dallas for not having a crazy sack numbers. And coming out of college, you know, you was doing all of this. And I didn't have time to explain to people I was in a different scheme and we mm-hmm. played a different type of football. Right. The hell with that. Like, it's a, if I'm walking in that building and Bill Parcells or Wade Phillips or Jason Garrett or my D-line coaches have a problem, that's when I have real issues. Um, and we know that Evan hasn't been playing well. We know that the Giants haven't been playing well. It's more than just him. But when you go at the fans and you attack them, you, they got what they want. Yeah. Um, let us handle that, man. Let us handle that in the media. I didn't talk to fans when I played because, honestly, they matter when it comes to what we do in this league as far as the excitement and the fanfare. They think they pay our they, they think they think pay our salaries when really TV does. Um, they have a lot to do with the game and how the game is marketed and the growth of the game. So fans are very integral to what football is. We all know that. But they have they are not integral to how you play how you prepare and how you perform on Sunday. They have zero to do with that. They ha- they shouldn't have any say in that. So I just think you got to kind of decipher those things. Um, but going at them, talking about you flipping hot dogs, you got personal because your feelings was hurt, and now they know the phone lines are open. Yeah, great, great stuff. Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We mentioned tonight Washington Chicago kicks off the week's action when it comes to week five in the National Football League, Swagoo. What are you looking forward to the most other than hopefully not bad football involving both of these two teams playing tonight? I want to see. So we just finished talking on NFL Live. Justin Justin Fields has 28 total rushing attempts on the season. He should be at about 50 right now. Um, He had a really good game against Denver defense. And look, I'm great that he got off the skid for the first three quarters. Denver defense suck, okay? (laughs) I, I hate when we... You know, maybe they, Zach Wilson probably gonna play well. He Zach Wilson got credit from from me for playing well against a good defense right. in in Kansas City. All right, Denver defense is bad. All right, close to terrible and trash. So, I, yeah, great week for Justin Fields. But now you're about to play a defense that's good, especially dudes that can get after you up front. I want to see how he responds in this situation. But he needs to be an athlete, man. He needs to – Lou Getty, the offense coordinator, needs to make sure – I think he needs five to seven design runs a game outside of the ones when he scrambles. And allow the kid to get going and use what his superpower is right now from an athletic standpoint. Now, I get it. Everybody wants their quarterback to throw from the pocket, and they want him to be good and um, be able to push the ball down the field, be decisive, all of that stuff. Right now, you ain't doing that. Right now, you need to create opportunities for him to either be an athlete or give him an option to push it downfield. That's what I want to see tonight. 
All right, Marcus, last one for us. Uh, if the Bears don't turn this around, which doesn't seem like uh, it's going to happen, do they blow things Chad, completely burn it down. <laughs> burn it down. Okay. Find a trade Find a trade partner for Justin Fields because he probably want to get the hell out of there anyway. Um, <laughs> and figure out how you need, from an organizational standpoint, how you need to restructure and re-foundation this organization. I think it needs to start at the line of scrimmage. Okay, and maybe you don't trade Justin because you you like him and you think he could be a good player. You think the things around him are not good enough. I'm sending this message out to all GMs right here on the show. Build your football team from the line of scrimmage back. We all know you have to have a quarterback to win in this league. But if you don't have an offensive line and a defensive line that can impact games, you are not going to win a lot of football games in the NFL. I get it that we love the the the, the, the skill players. And we like the dudes that catch touchdowns. And we love talking about Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson. Don't have an offensive and defensive line and see how far that gets you. Mm -hmm. So do that, and then we'll start talking about what Chicago can be. Hey, Swaggo, we always appreciate the time, my friend. Like I said, congratulations, you and your family and your daughter getting in the University of Texas, the number one volleyball player in the country. Can't wait to holler you soon, my friend. Take care and be well, Marcus. Thanks so much. Thank you, my brothers. It's been fun, man. Peace. Always fun to have our chance to talk with Big Swagoo. That is Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, like we mentioned him on social media, at mspears96, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown, part of Freddie and Harry. And we'll get back to the National Football League, especially when Chad's going to take us behind the curtain when it comes to how an albatross could be something you can't overcome when it comes to one particular NFL quarterback that comes your way in about 20 minutes. But in the NBA, the last time we checked, James Harden still remember the Philadelphia 76ers. Is that really the best place? For him, the Sixers, and maybe the NBA. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Also tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So I think James Harden is still a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. We got to wait until Adrian Wojnarowski with the Woj Bomb may drop something sooner or later. But as of right now, he is still a member of the Philadelphia 76ers on day two of Harden Breaking News. He is still a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, Nick Nurse, the 76ers head coach, he said after day one of practice. Uh, he looked good. That's just what I want to say is he looked good. And I, I just think it's kind of like uh, it's always in kind of coordination with strength and medical and the player, right, of, of how fast they're going to go get, get all the way through there. So um, it's not like it'd be too long. Right? He looked, like I said, he looked, he looked good. Chad, Philadelphia's stuck. They know he wants out. But Daryl Morey, the general manager, is drawing his line in the sand saying, look, you ain't going to get what you want unless I allow it to happen, especially when not once but twice I stuck my neck out for you. First in Houston, now the Philadelphia 76ers when you went out of Brooklyn. Whatever situation is going to happen, it can't be easy having a guy that doesn't want to be there. And if you're Philadelphia, you still want him there. But you know this is probably not going to end well one way or the other. 
they've got to find a way to remove James Harden before he disrupts what they're trying to pull off as a team. When Joel Embiid was asked about Harden's level of participation in practice, uh, you know, I don't know what the future is going to do. He, he's practicing <laughs> with us now. That's all we know. So we don't even know if this guy is going to be on the team, but we're going to start installing offense and defensive schemes and plans mm. with the guy we're not sure about. That same guy who had people in a nightclub holding up signs about the GM. Uh, really? Uh, th- 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 this has got to come to a conclusion uh, as soon as possible for the 76ers. They've got to find a way to move on. I don't think it's possible to mend fences. Yeah. I don't think it's possible to kick this can down the road without a major disruption to what you do. And for me, as a football player, bad apples are just not welcome in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I know the NBA, uh, your talent level will allow you to be a bad apple and you could get multiple chances in multiple teams despite being a bad locker room guy. Uh, in the NFL, we, it just doesn't operate in that way. And so for me, once that person is in the locker room, and from an NFL locker room perspective, I always call them the bottom five guys. Okay. It doesn't mean you were bottom five as far as your talent and skill, mm-hmm. but you were bottom five with your attitude okay. and your connection to the team. Well, those bottom five guys, they don't want to be just the bottom five. They want to grab other people with them. They want to grab other people in the corner of the locker room or in the hot tub or the cold tub and (laughs) tell everybody how much coach sucks, how much the GM sucks, how come they're not using me right, how come I don't make more money. All those things that those guys say, those bottom five guys say, Mm -hmm. that becomes a distraction. And as soon as some adversity hits – the power of the bottom five gets stronger, and they can pull more people down with them. So if I'm anybody involved in that Sixers organization, our number one task right now is how to get this bad apple out of here so he doesn't become that guy who drags other people down with him. We've seen it with James Hunt. I thought the best description of him was when I had a chance to fill in our first take earlier this summer, and Tim Legler was on with me, and he said a guy of James Harden's ability your floor should not be six points, six assists, and six turnovers in a closeout game. And he says, we've seen that way too much from a guy that has the ability. He says, the 82 games in the regular season, oh, he's going to show up. He's going to beat, he's going to punch the clock. He'll be there at recess. He'll be there at lunchtime. And he'll be there the whole time, 82 games in the regular season. But when it gets to the playoffs and when you really need him, that guy checks out. But he's been allowed to get away with it because of his talent. He's been allowed to get away with it because guys like Daryl Moore, the general manager, laid his neck on the line for a guy like that because of his talent. Well, if you're Philadelphia, Chad, to your point, when you say to yourself, why are we wasting our time with a guy that does not want to be here? And at a certain point, this is going to blow up in our face, and he's just going to get off scot-free, and we got to live, we got to be left to deal with the carcasses and the shrapnel that's still around from the after effect of James Harden. It's not the blast that gets you. It's the fallout with that guy. The NBA has given a lot of power to the players, so then players can make themselves uh, such a distraction that they force the team's hand. And at this point, if you're the 76ers, why why are you in this fight? This is not mm-hmm. a fight that you can win either with that player or with your own team. Neither benefits from extending this fight any longer than you need to. Find a way to end this as soon as possible so you and your organization and that locker room can move forward. They may be trying to wait out James Harden to think, okay, he's going to comply now that he's here and everything. James Harden's agenda is not going to be the same thing as the 76ers agenda when it's all said and done. Wow. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. We go back to the National Football League, and you're going to hear how we're going to combine Dak Prescott with Chad Brown's college team and a certain big bird in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio. 
Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.